Hello everyone, welcome to another episode on Astopods. And today, on the, on the show today, I'll be talking about uh, the the, the Niger Delta Development Commission um, probe or public hearing uh, about Gonzalo Pabio's drama and the drama that has ensued ever since. They are talking about the popular thing now, Honorable Minister. That's okay. Have the mic, Honorable Minister. You know the the minister indicted or alleged that a lot of um, reps and representatives they are also neck deep involved in the looting that is going on in the um, ministry, and as, and so we might have seen the end of the case, or maybe the death of the case. And also, we're talking about uh, the death of um, one of the brightest minds. Talking about the um, the the NAF Nigeria um, Air Force, the death of Tolokbe um, Arutile, and what a death actually means, or what this is about in Niger- the the bigger society called Nigeria. My name is Hassan, and these are Stopots. Alright, so let's begin with, um, of course, the issue with the Nigeria Delta Development Commission. Let's see why we are in this kind of mess. So, Nigeria Delta Development Commission has been there since, I think, since some of Opa Sanjo. I think he actually started this whole, um, and created that commission to take care of the people of Nigeria Delta, especially now that there's oil spillage and seems to be like their means of livelihoodism or um, fishing and all those things has been seriously hampered that this commission will at least take care of their needs and and all that i still feel like if their rivers are bad the oil companies there should be able to you know provide some um incentives like maybe should be able to clear the water first of all like they did in, in america with the bp um oil uh, spillage that, that happened s- several years ago that's I, I would love that to have happened in nigeria but i don't know how they want to do their stuff but anyway they created the niger delta development commission to tackle those kind of issues but the fact remains that they can't swim you know most parts of nigeria especially the rural areas that same water that you have killed the um, aquatic life is what people used to drink that they drink from that water they they bait they wash from that same water so now you've you've killed the aquatic life the water is no more good for it's not good for eating feeding um drinking or baiting with and i think they i would have expected them to have taken a more uh, a kind of approach that would have addressed the spillage of oil on the water other than giving them money to take care of their needs but I'm not in Nigeria, I don't know much about it, but I expect that to have happened because the same thing happened in, in America and they paid handsomely for that. And they did not just not just did they pay, they also cleared the waters and that water is, is at least is better than what it used to be. But they didn't do that. That's part of that that's that's only part of bad management. But let us go to the cross of the issue today that I'm talking about, which is the <laughs> honorable minister, please off the mic. Now um in the space of january to may it's, it's alleged that 80 billion naira that's over 
200 million dollars was stolen or mismanaged or malfeasance as they call it all right now what we want to know is how did this happen i mean you know everybody saw on tv in nigeria how the um the, the md of the commission uh, professor Pondy slumped I, I i think he acted out but they say it's slumped okay they say it's slumped so how did you manage how do you spend over 80 billion naira over 200 million dollars in like five months period and and you know they said that they spent some of the money to to send people abroad during pandemic so it's not adding up but a more a more thing a more important thing i want us to look at is um the Senate, you know, edited by uh, Senator Olubomi, if I'm not mistaken, the Senate said also that, you know, the Senate also reported that over 1.3 trillion naira was um, mismanaged between 2015 and 2019 in four years. 1.3 trillion trillion naira, that is hundreds of millions of dollars now and and he alleged that the investigation further revealed that the NDDC paid 4.9 billion naira to staff for numerous allowances including COVID-19 relief tour duty allowances overseas travels and international scholarships 4.9 billion naira so you know it is it is like mind-boggling how this monumental corruption is going on in Nigeria. And, you know, um, some prominent members of the Niger Delta Commission, of, of the Niger Delta, sorry, uh, said that they are even more ashamed that the kind of um, um, very <laughs> loud silence of the people of Niger Delta, of the, um, of the jaws of the of these people that are that, that are so-called um fighters of the Niger delta because why why are you why are you surprised i don't understand why you're surprised all of these people are part of the problem so now the people of Niger delta they are they are um they are not being taken care of the people that are supposed to be the fighting front for them are already taking their own money and just keeping quiet and now we have all this hot mess around. Those people who are supposed to be fighting, who are, who are called fighters, have been taken care of. So we have a situation where the the, uh, the minister alleged that has got to like Babio is his name actually alleged that at least two of this of the um, leaders of the um, chairman of the of the committees, both Senate and the House of Representatives, uh, know have uh, have things to do with contracting like you know they will never ascend to their budget if they don't you know pay their contractors and all those things so like 60 percent of this contract that was mismanaged or whatever goes to these people and he had to recant but he did not really recant because Subani, a big time lawyer in Nigeria was like listen if you guys know that if you guys are saying that you guys uh he has recanted Okay, I challenge you, the House of Reps, to to drag him to court, and then he's going to spill the whole beans because he, because you guys have the name, he has the names already. 
I, I can't remember what Bani said. It was like, <laughs> it was like, I quote this. Uh, the moment the letter, let me start from it. Said, let me t- let me tell you what happened in the house the morning. The speaker was saying that he had referred, he had, he had referred the, the particular matter to the clerk, asking that lawyers should be engaged to initiate criminal perjury and civil defamation against Akwabio when he has not gotten the letter. This is what Mr. Ubani, Ubani is a lawyer and um, he's, also invo- he's also involved in this um, gov- governance. So he was really interested in this case. And there was this sh- um, this um, show on Channel CV where Ubani, the lawyer and um, uh, the, sp- the um, representative for, for the House of Reps in media and publicity, I think his name is um, um, Honorable Kalu. We were going back and forth. It was a heated um, um, debate or argument on national television. So he said this, and he said the moment the letter came, that okay, said the moment the letter came that has this list of all the members that are that are implicated. Remember how the speaker ended. He said, "This matter is now rested. I will now refer this matter to the Ethics and Privileges Commission Committee." Which means this matter has died a natural death. That's what Ubani said. So I am interested to see how the House of Reps um, speaker, Mr. Honorable Femi Bejabiamila, will respond to this. If indeed it was saying BS, I'm not talking about Babio, then you should take him to court, drag him to court. And if he's not saying BS, how do you prove that? You know? How do you prove that? How would you prosecute your home people? So there's that going on in, in Nigeria. And the reason this thing is more, is a big deal, is not is because of the fact that um, this region called the Nadia Delta region happens to be uh, the, the, like the cash cow of the country. They they account for at least more than 80% of the country's wealth and GDP because that's where they get the oil from that region. And they have nine states that constitute the Niger Delta region. And all of these states, there's, um, there's, I don't have the word for it, there's the, like the kind of poverty that is going on in these places is unbelievable. And now the presidency was like, wait, we put so much money, we allocate a lot of money, billions of naira to this, um, 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 region to this department to this Niger Delta Commission, hoping that it's going to address the immediate and future needs of the people of Niger Delta. Why is it not happening? The reason is not far fetched because I saw I, I I got a quote from somewhere. I don't know if I still have it here because um, there's this particular man I, I forgot his name. He he said something that is very interesting. He said the decision as to who leads the Niger Delta, the NDDC, at different points in time appears to have never been done based on track record, competence, or any form of merit, but rather out of consideration for settlement. In this regard, the presidency shares equally in the blame over what the commission has become. Let's start with that. You know, look at the ministerial appointments. You have um, Amechi in the transportation ministry, you have Fashila before was adding two ministries, Alsin and um uh is it Alsin and uh um, regional development? It was it was adding like two different ministries 
and now they've reduced that to one ministry. I think it's just housing and regional development or, the, or urban development. And then you give Akpabio, the former governor of um, Calabar State, um, Cross River State, now to head the NDDC. It's apparent that to anybody that has common sense that these people give your campaign a huge, humongous amount of money and then you have to reward them with the ministerial position. Because that day you have um, Amechi appearing for the House Committee and they were telling them that they should not they should not probe him until after they get the money from China, whatever he was saying. You see, the case of Nigeria is so brazen and you won't begin to wonder how did we get here? No, it's not how did we get here. This thing has been going on since the time of the, um, the colonial masters, the way they set the country up. And until we begin to have a real civil society where our president or our leaders are not affiliated with the military or something like that, until we begin to really talk about our value system and um, because I read something on the, I on this, the independence of these days talking about it's Jew, that's the name of that particular um, um, article. It was very interesting. I actually reposted, I reshared it. We have to do soul searching. The people that are supposed to be um, organizing or heading this parastate house, are they really patriotic? Or are you giving them these positions because you have to pay them back in kind because of what they have done to make you be in office? Because now we're going to say you want to probe all this and like, see, I have so much to say. I don't know where to start from. Like, um, during the time of um, um, Abbasunde Fashola, they it's alleged that the um, Abbasunde and his and his um, and his administration they they said that they um, commissioned the like a like a hospital right in Bagada area. It was supposed to be a cardiac and renal center in Bagada. They said they spent over five point six billion naira to build that um, hospital and it's unfortunate that <laughs> that hospital that they said they spent 5.6 billion dollars to build up to this day has never operated for once not for one day and up on up to this day the so-called equipment there that, that they put there are obsolete you know they never worked for a day and he said he spent 5.6 billion era and it was supposed to be a state-of-the-art uh, you know um, um, hospital. Same thing in Abuja when they said that they were supposed to commission uh, like a fire, fire, fire service something in Abuja, and they and they go and bring this whole ambulances that are <laughs> and they painted them and they said they they're commissioning their their like we just do we just steal money like we just steal money like we are crazy like we don't like I don't I don't understand how these guys do all these things and they steal this money. As if they, I mean, these are supposed to be elites. They're supposed to be educated people that have made money in their lives, that have accomplished some things. But when they get to public office, I, I ask myself, where is their patriotism? Where is their, 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 that Nigerian spirit that I want to see my people do good? Or what is Nigeria not a country? Is it just a group of people? If it's not, if it's not a country, then maybe we should dissolve it. Because as we speak today, we have um, killings going on in Kaduna State. In southern Kaduna, um, they're killing the um, Christians, uh, mostly Christians, in southern Kaduna. And the Nigerian state, again, is again complacent because they are not really tackling the security issues.
And then, which is going to bring me to to Lilopea Aristides case. Then, the so-called Boko Haram or whatever they call themselves that they have arrested, they are reintegrating them back into the society. So, we have mass killing going on daily in Kaduna states. Governor Rufai seems to be out of assault, out of ideas. The other day, there was an attack on, just like two days ago, there was an attack on um, Bono State's um, governor on, on his convoy. People were shooting at it because this man has stood to say the truth and they want to kill him. And it was like, how come we have all these military people and nobody can go into the place? You have maybe 10 or 15 Boko Haram. Why can't you go to this region, to that village and take them out? We have over 100 and something military people here. Why can't you go and take them out? So, and the girl that was successfully doing things to to stop this menace, which was Tulopoe Arotile, because it's written here that um, uh, she was successful in terms of, you know, it says that in, in quotes, during that short but impactful stay in the service, late Arotile, who hailed from Ife in, in, in a Jimo local government area of Kogi State, contributed significantly to the effort to read the North Central States of armed bandits and other criminal elements by flying several combat missions under Operation Gamma Haiki in Mena, in Mena, Niger State. You see? This girl, Arotile, she was primar- primarily the one that was um, delegated to, to take out this from, from, from the area, to take out this um, militant and all these bandits. She was doing a fantastic job and all of a sudden, she was snatched from us by the codons of death. And they said that it was a um, excited old classmate that wanted to say hi to her and the bad were reversing to give her a lift and they crushed her, you know, several times and all those things, you know. But, however, the military, the, the NAF, that's Nigerian Air Force, said that the guy, which is, his name is um, Nehemiah Adejo, was or never had a valid driver's license and that's on that case right there so look at now corruption has eaten so deep into the fibers of our society that we the people do not even uh we it has become like part of us because if there was a con if there was a there was a um, system that would actually um, um evaluate people before they give them license that wouldn't have happened because the guy never had a, a good life license and i asked ask this question how many people in nigeria has or have a good valid driver's license because you can buy your way through everything you can but you can pay these people some money and they'll give you the driver's license in fact you be in your house you never take any road test and they give you the driver's, driver's license that is what we that's what is going in Nigeria. And now you see what has happened because of that corruption that the guy was able to secure a fake driver's license. He has claimed the life of one of the brightest minds in the nation in the nations and forces. So you see, there's always a trickle-down effect of all this corruption. So when you when you steal the money that was supposed to be made for a region and you put it in some bank in France or in Switzerland or in the United States of America. The people in that community will become armed bandits and they'll come and kill your kids or your grandkids and they'll rip your 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 friends. So this is what we are talking about, like but 
I look at all of these things and I'm just so sad. And I don't like to come here and give us sad news or whatever, but I'm just like, this is what's going on in Nigeria. There's incessant killing of people. The government is, seems to be... The way I see the government approach their body language, to be honest with you, I think because the leadership of the country, they are Muslims, they are going very easy on these people. Very, very easy. They are not even doing anything, to, to be honest. And that is because they are showing their allegiance to the Islamic nation. But these are people that are not, these are not Islamists, these are terrorists. There's a difference. I have Muslim friends, you know, that are great Muslims in the north, everywhere. But when you start taking up pumps and killing innocent people, that's not what Islam preaches. Islam is not about you killing other people. It is you that want to kill people because you want to hide on, you want to you want to perform a ter terrorist act and hide under the guise of Islam. Islam is not about killing, it's about it's a religion of peace. Now, but because the government, because the leadership of the country, country is a Muslim, they are going easy on them. In Nigeria now, they are trying to uh, reintegrate Boko Haram people back into the society, back into the society, back into the village that they've been killing people's wives, kids, daughters, and sons and husbands. They want to, they want to put them back into the society that they are now repentant. Are you for real? What about the soldiers that are dying in the front lines? What about the psychological trauma that people are still going through that they will never, they may never get out of? Are you going to pay these people money as allowances? Is that what it is right now that you can just go and keep people and go scot free? Are they the only criminals in the in the in the in the, in the nation's prisons? If that's the case, then release all the prisoners to let them come outside. So you're gonna release the most ardent ones, and that's another problem because if there is no punishment for bad for bad conduct, how are you expected to enforce deterrence when there's no punishment? So we have this country that we have doing do all of these things, and we don't seem to know what we are doing as a nation. We don't seem to have a direct um, um, vision as to what we want our country to be like in the next 10, 15 years. And if Nigeria is not a country, then dissolve it. Like my great, um, I don't, I would call, I would call him a friend because he does not really know me. But I loved, I, I follow him on social media and I love his music. I'm talking about Sean Kuti. He wants to put on something, something on Instagram, um, Instagram um, um, TV or whatever, saying that if. Buhari was to choose basically between his allegiance that let's say there was it, it was an hypothesis like yes there was there was a there was a, there was a imminent attack a nuclear attack and it's on it's on two um it's on two was it uh, I forgot it, like two places that it, it could land Lagos Nigeria or Saudi Mecca and they asked President in Nigeria that oh this thing this thing has gone rogue where choose one of these places that this this um, atomic bomb should land. Then Nigeria should answer that question. And everybody in the, in the comment section was like, he's going to say that that thing should land in Nigeria rather than land, land in Saudi. That is, he's going to choose his, his religious preference over his, his nationality. And that is a problem. So, people, if, if terrorists are killing Christians, are killing Nigerians, and you are going easy on them, and the girl that is supposed to be that's 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 doing a fantastic job just suddenly drops dead and you're not thinking that you're going to reintegrate them back into the society thereby what about the soldiers that are dying on a daily basis that are that, that are not well funded what about the, uh, these other people that are invested so much in this in, the, in this um this sector to make sure that this thing is quelled how would you validate their efforts 
if you're going to put those people, those terrorists back into the society, that means for sure you believe because they are Muslims, they deserve a benefit of the doubt. Even after they've killed millions of Nigerians over the years. That's not, that's not how a nation should work. That's not a country. That is you saying, these are Muslims, they are our brothers, we will we'll go easy on them. And that's very bad. And if you, in the United Delta, you are Kbab, you represented, you honorable, honorable minister, honorable representative, honorable senator, whatever you call yourself, honorable nonsense you call yourself, you are in a country where you know that more than 70 to 80% of, of Nigerians are living in abject poverty. And the state funds and resources, resources that are supposed to be that supposed to cater for the people in your region, you corner it into your own pocket. That you're not you're not a Nigerian. That is criminal. That, that that's that's that, that's a treason if you don't know. That's that's anti-Nigerian because you will not do that same nonsense act in America. You will not do that same nonsense act in other climes in other countries. But in your own country, Nigeria, because why the country has 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 elevated bad bad um bad characters and have subdued the good ones we have great men like jack on that that people that people hardly talk about we have great men like you know awolowo that people that people hardly talk about zix um amadu belo tafar balo are great men we don't talk about them but when we hear jagaban all these thieves all these people that have that have that have run the country dry, like they've taken every everything out of the country, and the people are dying, people are suffering. But Nigerians are so uh, I won't say they are docile, but they are so um timid to speak up, and that still goes back to the colonial days. Because when you try to speak up, look at what that happened to our brother Showare. When you try to speak up, they're gonna use the state apparatus to put you in jail, to put you behind bars. And our brothers don't want to say because they say, you know what, I'm not going to say anything. When I get it, I'll steal my own money too. If you keep having a condition where people just think that they have to go there and steal money and not work for their nation and build their, their country. We have countries here going to mass launching mission for the next 50 years. We are still dealing with oil when the world is moving away from oil. We have to get our hearts right. And until Nigerians, especially the elites, the professionals, the musicians, the engineers, the doctors, the bankers, the, the you know, the politicians, the local politicians, the, the the ones that are supposed to lead the people, you can't because can I expect a young boy, a young girl that is that, that's got no job, that's still in university, to go and start protesting in a nation where your your expression is not they say it's freedom of expression, but then the consequences you don't know. But we need those who have got the clout to lead this mission and not to be ready to live and die for something. We will just die for nothing, you know. So we can have a country where people just keep stealing the money, keep squandering the the country's resources, keep cornering the commonwealth of the nation, and then instead of having a national look on something, they are out there having a regional or a religious look on public issues. If Rufai was serious, the governor of Kaduna State. The way the governor of Bonsted is serious right now, you can end this banditry once. If, if Buhari is serious, you can end this banditry once. I remember the great president of Nigeria, President Omar Musa Yaradua, when he became the president, he said the, the person that brought me to this office is flawed 
and I'm going to correct it. He said the people in Nigeria that should come out and drop their hands and he's going to take care of them, which he did. You have to show a seriousness. The, the body language of the, of, the, of the leadership of the country is not serious. Now, with all these things going on, the probing of the nation of the NDDC, of um, Transport Ministry, of all of this thing, let us see how it ends. Let's see if ads will indeed roll. If it does not, we know what is going on. And now they are putting this terrorist back in society. Let's see what happens. If it does not, then we know what's going on. And that's my podcast for today. I hope you've learned something, one or two things. Thank you a lot for listening to me. Uh, please like, love, share, subscribe. I remain at Sanolan Raju. Thanks a lot for listening to Astropods. See you again some other time. And my next podcast will be, uh, I'll be talking about the tech, um, um, public hearing, talking about the four big tech guys, Amazon, Apple, um, Facebook, and Google. I'm talking about public hearing and what, should we, what we should take away from that. And that's the podcast again. Thanks for listening to the pods. See you some other time.